Murph is all about hot, badass, nasty speed. I mean, that's how you got to play the game of hockey. Listening to Impact Sports Radio, and this is Behind the Mask. Welcome to Impact Sports Behind the Mask, the only podcast dedicated to Michigan State and Big Ten hockey. I'm your host, Andrew Burkle, alongside my partner, Ryan Collins. Ryan, how you feeling the week before finals, man? It's all right. One thing good about being a journalism major, you don't have the stress that many other majors have. Yeah, I mean, I still have uh, two exams, which I, sucks, yeah. but... I have four, but like they're not hard. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean yeah. The meat of the semester is in yeah, behind a, us. Yeah. yeah which is lucky. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the weather's brutal. I mean, I want to go to bed every five minutes and I cannot stop watching television. So, Dude. oh, same. Yeah. I took, I got back from class. I woke up at like 11 and then went to a press conference, came back at one and slept till six. I think I've watched like six seasons of Entourage in like three days. <laughs> oh my God, it's dude, not the binge great. on those is yeah, incredible. Not, you can just binge great. it and binge it and binge it. Yeah. yeah, that happens very easily this time of the year. Yeah, not but, great. Yeah, all right, let's get to the recap of Michigan State series with the Wolverines. Coming off a great performance against Minnesota weekend prior, freshman goaltender Drew DeRitter got the start on, on Friday against Michigan, and boy, did he deliver. Michigan's Josh Norris... Got the scoring started with a power play goal, but MSU's Brody Stevens quickly answered. Then the Spartans and Wolverines would trade goals once again before Cody Milan added a power play goal to give the Spartans a 3-2 lead. Michigan would answer once more, but with just over half the third period remaining, Mitchell Lewandowski buried his fifth goal of the season to give MSU the 4-3 lead, and they would hold on to win. DeRitter made 43 saves, including 18 in the third period. The next night, MSU decided to ride the hot hand of DeRitter, this one was going nowhere. This one was nowhere near the offensive showdown that Saturday was. The Wolverines would once again score first on the power play, but that would be the end of the scoring for them. MSU would get an unassisted goal from Taro Horosi in the second period that tied it up. The game would go into overtime, and neither team would score, meaning a shootout for the second uh, for a second point. Spartans would win the shootout and get a total of five of six points on the weekend. I mean, three takeaways from the weekend. Let's look at. I mean, Deritter's going to be a star. 43 saves on Friday, and they scored three goals, but, I mean, they could have gotten out of hand in that first period. He makes an incredible cross-crease glove save in the first period to keep it at 1-1. to I mean, one to nothing, and then Mission State went down and scored about two minutes later. So, I mean, DeRitter, he looked, he's, the billing is, he was pretty hyped up coming into East Lansing, and he's living up to the billing, it looks like. Two, MSU shows they can compete in any type of game. I mean, you had a low-scoring one on Saturday, and I had had a track meet basically on Friday, and they were able to come up with two victories. And to look at the way they, I mean, I, I Rue and I really looked at it. Michigan State defensively is playing a lot better than I thought they were going to be this season. They've been really solid on the back end. Yeah, no doubt. And just to go bounce back to Deritter here real quick. He get, he did not get off to the dream start, and Danton no. talked about that a little bit at the press conference I mentioned earlier, where he. He was not like we were talking about it on a couple of the podcasts. He was Owen or Owen two, and John we Leatherman th- was four and zero. We're like, I mean, it they might don't be really hard have... for Deritter to get any time, right? Because, they, I mean, all these games for Michigan State, they're not a dominant program enough where they can just play the backup goalie and win games easily. Like every game is a cat fight for them. They yeah. need to, you know, they need to 
be in them. So cat the fact, fight, yeah, dog fight, dog fight, on. whatever, you, whatever you want to. There's a lot of scratching, whatever you want to call it. <sighs> the and so the fact that Cole had enough confidence to go back to him in that Minnesota series. I mean, I, I think if Michigan State's able to keep on build, building on that momentum, that Minnesota Saturday night game is gonna be it's gonna be something you look back maybe months from now because the way they came out on Friday after going, getting down one to nothing really quickly in Mun and to come back and show that fight and grit there it was a really gritty performance on Friday and Deritter was the main point of it. Yeah, and then to touch on the second thing in either type of game. The first game was like as back and forth as you can get. Goal, Michigan State goal, Michigan goal, Michigan State goal, Michigan goal. And then for them to, you know, show that they can compete that type of offensively in that type of game was big. And then come out with the win, obviously. And then Saturday, the polar opposite. One goal in the first period, one goal in the second period, scoring's done. So, and their defense was strong enough to hold there. I think that's definitely a positive. I mean, Osborne's been really good. Sasana's been really good. But Rossberg's really good, too. I think I've noticed him. I mean, he was playing chippy on Friday night. He was giving everything you want out of your big physical defenseman. He was letting the Michigan players know a lot. And uh, it, it was pretty funny when you're watching that type of game. I mean, there was I think in the second period, there was about eight penalties. I yeah. mean, it, it was a joke, Yeah. On fr- especially on Friday night. I was looking through the box score again, and the, the penalty list is ridiculous. It just kept going, like, scroll, scroll, yeah, scroll, yeah. scroll. And then, yeah, Cessna, he's obviously new this year, but Osborne and Rosberg were suspect defenders at some times last yeah. year. Like, you know, they Osborne has always had a hard shot. He's been pretty decent offensively, but it seems like he has really taken a leap defensively. A lot, yeah. He, I mean, he's a two-way player now. Yes. And the last takeaway... Spartans are able to get five out of six points this weekend and gets a big rival in Michigan, and they only get two goals from the KHL line. And one line to look at is that Brody Stevens, Tommy Apap line. They are really good. And I mean, they completely switched the tide on Friday. They really did. And Dannon was talking about it in his press conference that they're really good at preaching what we coach. They go out and do what we tell them to. They might not have the most talent, but they play hard and play good defensively. I mean, those guys are the epitome of an energy line. And it seems like, I don't know how, it seems like Brody Stevens is always scoring. Every time you look at him, oh, Brody scored again. I mean, great great deflection over Levine's glove on Friday night. I mean, it was a spectacular play by Stevens that nodded up at 1-1. Even going back to last year a couple times, he would get thrown in as as like the extra guy in the fourth line. And he'd put the puck in there. He'd be like, yeah. how did he score? He's like barely getting any minutes. It seems like he just kind of has like a grinder's knack for the back of the net. And, and, it's, and that's yeah. all. Like, And we've talked about it so many times. KHL line, KHL line, KHL line, yeah. KHL line, KHL line. And so when you get uh, a Friday win over a Michigan team with three goals from the non-KHL line, that's absolutely huge. I mean, it's massive. And the, their power play was massively struggling. I mean, they... I mean, it's like for Cody Milan to score that goal right there, that's a huge boost. It's not to see Kordorenko, Lewandowski, and Hiroshi not get that done and to see a guy, maybe lower-level talent player like Milan get that done, I think that jumps the bench a little bit. I mean, you look at that, Brody Stevens, Brody Stevens, Tommy Apep, and Brennan Sanford, they all contribute majorly. I mean, Sanford gets a, gets the goal in the shootout on Saturday to give the Spartans an extra point. I mean, that's huge. But I it the thing that's been really interesting to me is how the third line's almost kinda overtaking the second line. Mm-hmm. You 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 see the third line out on the ice more than the second line. It's kinda interesting when I think. No doubt. I think that they're they're uh they're so reliable with their energy. You know? Oh yeah. Where they're not you know that you're not gonna get a dull shift out of them. 
I, I'm and definitely so, not. So when Danton is, you know, when it comes push to shove, who's he going? He's going to throw out the guys who he knows is going to give him good energy and has an ability to put the, put the puck in the net. It's not like they're going out there and have no chance of scoring. Yeah, I mean they had great energy on Friday. It was just misguided energy. You see. Creator taking a really bad interference call, like the first five seconds he's on the ice as he blows a Michigan guy up. I mean, they you can't take two penalties in the first four minutes and expect uh, a good result. That's why you're down one to nothing four minutes in the first period and a game at home. But I mean, the one thing I'll say though, that's the best environment I've ever been in at Munn, and I've been at Munn probably about ten to twelve times in my life, and it, it was a really good environment. I yeah, mean, and that's I mean that's for recruiting purposes for everything for it's the lifeblood of your program. Because if you have how many look about like just think about the other college sports, uh, you just you never like how many of the, the non elite teams just have terrible environments in, in their arena. You know, it's like, just like yeah. Minnesota Minnesota basketball. There are they have a pretty good arena actually, but like Northwestern. Don't ever chirp the barn. That is dude, the, the barn great, is a great. I don't know why I said that. But I just thought they kind of suck at basketball. Okay, but Northwestern. Northwestern. Maybe? Yeah. Penn State. Yeah, Penn State's not like, a brutal just, crowd. I mean, college brutal. sports are college sports, right? And when you don't have that consistent arena, I think it's just really hard to recruit guys to want to come to your team and to have the 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 ceiling of the uh, the arena that they had on Friday, where you know they this this is where it could be consistently. I think that shows a lot to to future guys who might want to come to this program, I mean, especially beating, in the state of Michigan. It's huge to beat Michigan twice too. It's yeah. spe- like not not in Detroit. I don't think those teams in Detroit are kind of gimmicky once in a while. To beat them at Michigan and beat them at home at Michigan State is really big for recruiting, especially in guys that are in the program. Because that if Michigan State wants to be a lead program in college hockey, they're going to have to recruit the program. We've just said as, that so many no, times. No, no, but it's, it, it's so it, true. It's, I mean, it's just as good as Michigan or maybe – and that's so hard to do because you look at Michigan – they got the Hughes brothers coming in, even though the brothers, the other, younger yeah, the brothers, other not. Probably, yeah. yeah, he's gone. He's the number one pick in the draft. But you never really have heard in the last ten years Michigan State getting a really high level guy out of the state of Michigan, which is not good since Michigan's probably a top five hockey bed in all of America. Yeah, and the obviously, I think Michigan's had more success with the program being in Ann Arbor, the USA National Team Development Program. For those people who don't know what we're talking about but they Michigan doesn't almost doesn't really need those guys because they can go to California and grab some random kid who's a, a beast at hockey you know they have the ability to go nationally more than Michigan State does so Michigan State almost needs the national team development program even more I, I think the Michigan State kind of shied away from the national program for about a good five-year period I mean they just weren't attracting any of those guys and I get that the program's based in Ann Arbor but Bat, but now that it's in Plymouth, it makes it a little bit more interesting, as you said. But it, it, it that was a big win for Michigan State, especially in recruiting purposes against Michigan. No doubt. All right, let's get to a uh, preview of the opponent, the Wisconsin Badgers. I mean, you had Michigan down here in the doodle doc. I did. I almost read it. I was like, oh, nope. <laughs> this is a Wisconsin Badger preview. The Badgers are coming off a 3-3 tie and an 8-5 win with then number 6 Penn State last weekend at home. The Badgers are getting 3.06 goals per game, which ranks 25th nationally and is fourth in the Big Ten. They are allowing three goals per game, and that is 34th in the country and fourth in the conference. Both of Wisconsin's, we were talking about, actually talking about this before the show, both of Wisconsin's top point getters are defensemen, led by freshman Keandre Miller. Miller's 15 points, three goals, and 12 assists rank him third nationally among all freshmen. Sophomore Wyatt Kalnuck has 13 points, 6 goals, and 7 assists. And sophomore Tarek Baker is the highest scoring forward with 13 points. 
In net, freshman Daniel Lebedev is and junior Jack Barry have split time. So I think the biggest takeaway from there is they're getting a lot of their offense from their from their uh, young defensemen. I mean that I, when you have that offensive presence on the blue line, it's I mean it's a sight to be seen. But then again, does that mean they have nothing really from their forwards and their wingers that they're not producing enough? I, it's gonna be interesting this weekend against Michigan State, and I think this kind of kind of plays into Michigan State though, where I think when you don't really have this high-flying offensive team, I think Michigan State suits better against those type of teams. Yeah, I agree. And having the defenseman who can score kind of almost is like having that big man who can shoot threes in basketball where it just spa- you have to guard everybody. You or know? yeah, or like a mobile quarterback. Yeah, where yeah. It, it's just a, whatever, it whatever changes you your defense. Right, yeah. And having those guys be able to put the puck in the net so consistently, I think that's a big – it tells you how kind of how, how they're playing so far. I mean, Wisconsin's had a great coach. Don't know his name. If we can get a fact Tony check. Granada. Tony Granada. Okay. Guy was a power play coach for the Wins for one year. I think they had the best power play they had in 10 years, and then he went to Wisconsin, and they sucked the last five years on the power play. So, guy knows how to coach. I know that. Uh, I I think Gr- Tony Granado. Here we go. Granado? Yeah. Italian. He, I'm trying to figure out where he was coaching. but He was coaching somewhere before. Wisconsin, I think he had like a. The, I think he was. It was the Red Wings. He went straight from the Red Wins. Are Wisconsin. you sure? Yeah, I'm like a hundred percent sure. Wow. And then did you see there was like a Big Ten thing last year about him? He was like taking classes and finishing his degree at Wisconsin. Good for him. Yeah, I it mean, was pretty cool. I mean, why would you ever do that? You have enough money where you don't yeah. need to take any more classes. I think he was trying to set an example for his players, but still, commitment. I mean, you got to yeah. admire the commitment. I mean, I would never go back to school if I had millions in the bank. But hey. Good on him. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> All right, let's get to around the boards. In first place is the Ohio State Buckeyes. They are ranked number seven in the nation. They have 16 points. They are 9-4-3 and three on the season. In second, Notre Dame Fighting Irish, ranking number f- uh, five in the nation. They have 12 points, so they're four points behind the leaders there. They are 10-4-1 and one on the season. In third, tied for third, actually, is Michigan. They are still number 15, despite losing both games to Michigan State. And they have 10 points on in the uh, Big Ten and are 6-6-3 six, six, and three in the season. In tied for third with Michigan is Wisconsin. They are unranked, and they have 10 points. They are 6-7-3 and three on the season. Minnesota is tied for fifth. They are also unranked but receive votes. They, are number, they have eight points in conference. They are 4-6-3 and three on the season. In tied for fifth as well, Penn State, they are number nine. In the nation, and they have eight points on the season, 10-4-1 and one record. Did you see that Peyton Jones save he made on Saturday night? No, I didn't see where it. Where it was a straight stick. It was Dude, the those Wisconsin- sta- those I, saves are so lucky. It was like that Morazit save against Tampa a couple of years oh, ago. Yeah. It was like exactly like, I mean, Peyton Jones is a beast. Oh, yeah, I mean, for sure. a beast. And you know Penn State's going to rifle the puck at you. Like, How are they fifth in the big time? Like, you look at like all the national like stats, and they're always well, they're at number, the top of yeah, the... Yeah, they're, the, they're the third highest ranked team in the Big Ten. They're number nine yeah. in the nation. And, and they're fifth place I in the mean, Big Ten. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, that kind of tells it the Big Ten for you. Yeah. And tied for fifth as well is Michigan State. They are unranked. They have eight points and are 6-7-1 and one overall, coming off the quote-unquote sweep over Michigan. It's kind of weird that they don't give them an extra two points for winning the shootout. Kind of like the NHL. I kind of like it, though. Honestly, I do like, I like it better I do than like the NHL that. because... Uh, I was talking to one of my hockey buddies, my hockey friend buddies, about it, where one of the big things with, like, the new overtime in the NHL is where if you have it close to the end of the game, don't risk it because yeah, you, yeah. you want to get that point. Then take your chance in overtime. You already have a point locked up. You're only 
And I feel like winning a winning a game seven to zero in regulation versus winning a game on a shootout that was tied the whole way shouldn't be worth the same amount. I, don't I guess, know. especially I, a shootout. Are I you the guy who's like, like it's like a still competition? It has nothing to do with the flow of the game. Like, you know not, how in Olympic play they ended on a shootout? Do you not like that? No, I mean I understand it, but Ooh, I World Juniors coming up too. Yeah. And I understand I don't have a problem with shootouts, especially in the regular season. I like yeah. the the overtime yeah. playing forever in the NHL. Yeah. The Stanley Cup playoffs. And gives you a heart attack and yeah. yeah. But personally I just don't think that it should be rewarded the same because it's not the same. It'd be like ending the game in a three point contest. That is true. I which agree. is skill. Like that's yeah, that's part yeah. of like but it still wouldn't be the same way as, you know. I like it it's too. Not the I, same. I, I think I think yeah. the three two one is totally fair. Yeah. But I they agree. also need to figure out the overtime tie shootout system throughout all of college hockey. Do you know they still don't have like if you play a team and you know it's November or whatever it is, and it's nine conference, and you tie them and you go to a shootout, the shootout doesn't mean anything. That's dumb. Yeah, it just counts as a tie no matter what. That's dumb because that they don't have they, every conference has different ties rules. Ties are so dumb, like the dumbest in the world. Like NFL, what are you doing? I figure it out. Figure people like hate that college football thing. At least I don't get a tie. I yeah. don't care. I don't care. Well, actually, I, I mean, I watch a lot of a fair amount of soccer, and I don't um, have a problem with ties in soccer because it's yeah, part of they, it's like part of the game. Yeah, I guess, but like, do they have ties in like playoffs? No, they have. They yeah, go to a the, shootout. I guess yeah. same thing. Yeah, but eventually though. I guess I don't, I'm not a soccer guy anyway. Whatever. Yeah, well, you should should learn it's the world sport. Come the, on, get on this thing. Get culture. Benito. Yeah, the beautiful <laughs> game. Yeah. All right, stats, facts, don't lie. Time. What okay, we're us, gonna Ryan? start off with a fact. Tommy Miller scored his first goal in a Spartan uniform on Friday night, which is insane to me. Basically because he was on that first defensive pairing with Carson Gatt all last year. Yeah, and him and Gatt. Logged major, over 20 minutes a game at least. Oh, yeah. The thing Those about guys that was always just, on the ice. Yeah. And now he's in a lesser role and he scores in probably the biggest game of the year. It's, it's kind of cool to see. Uh, number, second fact, I mean, this isn't a fact. This is a stat. Ooh. I, you can, a little you tongue know twister. Just, a little can, tongue twister. We'll let you go with whatever yeah. we want to call it. Yeah, it, it is what it is. Uh, Drew DeRitter in five appearances. Five appearances in Big Ten play has a 9.22 save percentage, which is ranked fifth in the Big Ten, telling you how good the goaltending has been in the Big Ten so far in conference play. Michigan State scored their first power play goal in seven games on Friday night. MSU's power play is cashing at a 19.3 percentage, which is basically the same they did last year at 19.7. Toro Hirose leads the Spartans with 23 points, which leaves him... At fourth in the NCAA. I mean, the guy had a uh, four-point weekend, and he drops down, I think, a spot from going for third to fourth. That's, I mean, he's... He's impressive. I mean... He has been ridiculous. I mean, to be fourth in the nation, it's not like... I don't know. We haven't looked up where Michigan State ranks as a team nationally. We could probably figure that out, but... Eh. It's not like they're number one in the nation. They're no, not no. Number, they're not even top ten. They're I mean, the even... production from that first line is just like a joke. So it's, yeah, it's not like he's you know just a factor of the Michigan State offense, which is just killing teams. It's, yeah, they even, Michigan State hasn't blown anyone out all year, like at all. Yeah. Eh. Well, didn't they blow out? Uh, who was it? They want? Didn't they win seven two one game? I don't know. Uh, I think they got blown out. I, it, check it. I'm gonna check it now. But yeah. You can continue with your stats. Don't lie here, and I'll I'll check it out here. We can wait. I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. They did uh, lose seven two to Minnesota. I guess. I mean, so that Toro was their Ocean, blowout yeah. loss. Uh, yeah, their biggest win on the season five two against Cornell, and other than that, then they lost. Wow, I didn't realize they lost one two three four five six in a row. 
I know that's crazy. And they're still now they're playing good hockey again. Yeah, I mean that that Minnesota game was just massive. Oh but, yeah. No, but think so. They're five. They're five two is their biggest tie, one. Tying the stat three and stat four together. How crazy do you think it's been that MSU's power play has basically been completely ineffective the last eight games? I mean, they scored twice this weekend on the power play, but that with that KHL line being so productive on five on five play for them not to be dominant on the power play the last eight. How crazy. Do you I think just that's don't been? get it because you and I went to that Ferris state game together. And at, it was, it was and unbelievable. It was like, okay, this power play isn't going to be stopped by anybody. No. Nope. And it just like, boom, puck flying everywhere. Guys are wide open. It's almost sometimes you'd be watching like, wow, I can't believe he didn't shoot that. He had a wide open net. And then they'd find yeah. a more open guy. It was yeah. just like ridiculous. No, but like, and we were like this, that, that power play is going to be rolling. It's going to be the strength of their team. And then it just went ice cold yeah. out of nowhere. Yeah. I and mean, the results show it. I mean, they yeah. went, lost six in a row. I mean, I asked Lewandowski on uh, Friday night. I was like, how really? Humble brag. Humble brag. Yeah. Not a big deal. Talking but, to Mitch the other night. Yeah. <laughs> nah. I had I mean, to see what he had to say. The one question I asked in the media scrum. <laughs> so um, I asked him how big of like, a relief it was. He said, yeah, we've been thinking about it. It was a great thing to get off our shoulders. Moving on to the fifth set, Wisconsin is 0-5-0 after trailing in the first period. So it'll be important for Michigan State to get off to a good start if they want to beat the Badgers. Something they haven't done a lot lately. I, I mean, they I, were they started off down 1-0. I mean, both, awful both start on Friday night against yeah. Michigan. And Saturday, I think it was, it was a good play by Michigan to get it to one nothing. But looking back at it, I mean, they got to start better in some of these games. If they, I mean, they can't rely on Ritter as they did last weekend because I don't expect him to have – the performance that he did on Friday and on Saturday. He is human. He is a he is human. He is he's a freshman. He's also small. He I is, mean, he's, he's he, legitimately small. Yeah, than that. yeah. Like, I, like I look back at it, I'm like, ooh, little Jeff Lurd mini, because Jeff Lurd was a small guy too. If you can't, if you don't remember, but like he he moves around very well. But he's like not like Lethem. Lethem's a big dude in that. Like Drew Ritter is not a tall guy, and I I didn't really notice it it's in the last three games I've been. He was in that. Well, you watch. Uh... You watch hockey nowadays. Everybody, every goalie's pads are huge. Yeah, they're huge pads. They're huge. And, and so the fact that he still, and it's not like he just looks small out. I'm. He's, I think it said he said he's five ten on here, which you know you can never really yeah. believe the listed heights as Tom Tom Nair being five eleven or whatever he was. We don't need to talk about Tom Tom. I'll get upset. <laughs> but uh, this but is kind of can't... a weird thing. Going a little bit off topic. Every time I see someone who plays hockey, I expect them to be like jacked and like six two. And they just like looked like me. I know I, dude, it, yeah. the pads are huge. Like whoever's making the shoulder pads, like those things are bigger than football pads on like nowadays. It's crazy. Well, and they're standing on skates, which I, I mean they make you like three inches taller. So but yeah, like, Didn't I, I think about it. Not a smart not think brain not working today that geez, well. Get it firing, man. Yeah. I'm closing out the podcast. You're gotta getting, start just now firing. Yeah, gotta start buzzing. But, but yeah, I totally agree. Like the hockey is by far the sport besides maybe golf. But even some of the golfers are more jacked than hockey players, where it's like you walk in, you're like to any place and they're just totally like Okay. Oh. My uncle was tell- hairstyle. Hairstyle is a dead giveaway. Yeah. My uncle who's like sits to like two thirty said, Yeah, man, I'm bigger than Capra. I'm like, No, you're not. Dude, that's not true at all. I'm sorry. Am I right? He was like, yeah, he's like 5'11". I'm like, Brooks Kepka could take you to the gym and just absolutely <laughs> abuse you. So don't Snap like, you over the bench yeah, press. Yeah, like. He could probably bench press him like 20 times. The guy wins the freaking U.S. Open, and he's like, yeah, man, I got hit the gym after I hold up the judd. Like, what a beauty that know, guy dude, is. That okay, guy is let's move on. All right, I can't talk time. about Kepka. All right, for the record, much. Kepka's six foot. Just looked it up. Is he? Six foot. And doesn't have his weight, but he's at least 220, 230, don't you think? He's, he's like 250. I don't care what anyone <laughs> says. He's, he sits to 250. I don't care what the internet says. <laughs> All right. Prediction time. 
What do you got for us for this weekend against uh, Michigan State, Nebraska? I expect a split. Hold on, I just said Michigan State, Nebraska. What the? They don't even Nebraska. have a hockey. Pre- uh, Michigan State, Wisconsin. I what mean, if it us? was Nebraska and they were going on the road, I would take Nebraska's yeah. sweep, even though they don't have a hockey team. But Based uh, on Michigan State's yeah. record, Nebraska. Yeah, raucous crowd too in Lincoln, but uh, <laughs> they're in Madison this weekend in the Kohl Center. I, I expect Michigan State to split. I think these teams are pretty evenly matched. I don't. I. I would. It's, not expect too many lopsided things. I think it'll be like a 3-2 win for Wisconsin on Friday. Michigan State will come back and win like 4-2. But if they, I mean, they could make a statement this weekend. I really, If they were able to somehow sweep the series against Wisconsin, I mean, it, they become kind of a factor in the Big Ten because it's so jumbled up. And if you're able to sweep anyone in the Big Ten, you're going to move up the rankings quite a bit. No doubt, especially because when you beat a team, if you sweep them, then they're going down a lot. It's kind of like in baseball when you're playing a one, like the uh, you're playing the team you're competing against. You go up, then they go down one. I it's think that's like, just sports, Andrew. No, but like I'm saying, when there's less teams, like you're talking <laughs> I know, about divisions, I know, yeah, you're I know, about, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in the Big Ten hockey, there's it's not like the Big Ten, you know, football. Yeah, what is where, there? Seven teams. Yeah, there's seven teams. So if you win one, you're one of the other teams you're beating is going way down too. So does anyone else think it's weird that Notre Dame's is in the Big Ten in hockey and no one talks? About it. Yeah, it's, it's like, like wild to me. I know that does, and they're just like, "Yep, they're in the Big Ten now, and you're gonna deal with it." It's like it's, John Hopkins is in the Big Ten too for lacrosse. Like, what? What is that? Like, yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. I'm like, <laughs> Notre Dame, get in the Big Ten for football. Don't I be know. an idiot. Okay. And, and now the bad thing for football is they're gonna be like, "Oh well, they can make the playoff as a non Big yeah. Ten team, so they're gonna they have no incentive now." It is weird, but Michigan State only four points behind the second place team. I, yeah, if you I get mean, it's six, a big weekend. If you get six against Wisconsin. I mean, you're right back in the mix. I mean, they take and they, a little... have, and they have uh, what is it? Two games played. Uh, well, actually, it was Notre Dame has played the same amount of games, but they have two games at hand still on Michigan, Wisconsin, and Ohio State. That's huge. And With two games. That's a yeah. lot. I mean, there's a little bit of break in Big Ten play after this weekend, if I'm not yeah, incorrect. Yeah, this is it. And then they go to winter break for yeah. a while, and then they play USA and like some other. They play USA, GLI, GLI, and then they get Ohio State right after the break. If they're to go able to like sweep going in the break, that gives them a lot of confidence, get some time to get better, get more comfortable, and give some some rest for a really good Ohio State game. And that series would be really important in Munner Ice Arena. Yeah. So my prediction, my official prediction, I think. I'm gonna think Michigan State's gonna come back down to earth a little bit after their three straight. If they get swept, wins. though, it basically neglects everything they did yeah, last weekend. So I think they lose Friday, and then I think Saturday they they pull out the win against okay. yeah against Wisconsin in Madison. It's a big series, no doubt. And no, yeah, huge. I mean, every series is big, but I think perception wise, this is a big series. Just like that, just like that win in Minnesota, the second game for like, for the confidence was huge. Like. To come out and sweep Wisconsin, I think, gives you valid, more validation that, hey, we can compete with these teams and we're better than some of these teams. Yeah, and Michigan State hasn't been great on the road, but they have won on the road. They've yeah. won on a shootout win against, I keep doing these quotations that nobody can see, but I feel like it's part of my Good tone. radio. Yeah. My quotations win against Michigan, 1-1. One, one. Then they beat Minnesota 4-2. They lost to Ferris on the road. They lost to... Arizona State in the road, but they swept Cornell on the road. So yeah, it's like uh, yeah. they're kind of a mixed bag, but they definitely have the ability to do it. Wisconsin, Cole Center, I mean, big arena. So kind of like Cornell, not a short corner arena like Ferris. Yeah. Hot yeah. tip. Hot tip. They struggled at Arizona State and Ferris. So bet the house on Michigan State. Big hockey guy. Yeah. Big, big, big rink guy. Yeah, big rink guy. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Behind the Mask. For WDBM Sports, I'm Andrew Burkle. I'm Ryan Collins. Thanks for joining us.